As a great person once said, hi Babs, <laughs> it's me, Ginny Lemon. I'm not Ginny Lemon, but that'd be really great if I was, wouldn't it? Anyways, uh, <laughs> hello, hi. Um, by the way, you may see a Eurovision special pop up at some point today. It was fucking supposed to be uploaded yesterday on Saturday. But I'll be honest with you, Spotify dropped the ball, so great. Anyway, so that might show up, I don't know. We'll see. They're still <laughs> We're still having problems. Um We got trouble. But um anywho, yes. Hi, welcome. Um I really feel like I've like missed a week for some reason. I don't know if that makes any sense. I just feel like, I don't know, I'm confused. Um, I just feel like this last week's been really long, maybe that's what it was, but anyways. Anyways, I'm gonna get on with the episode now. Let's go, bye. idealized inventions i have given great passion to fake perceptions i was never very good at first impressions and i am impressed by standard politeness and the very basics of fair treatment i think i have been the bride of a daydream more times than i could ever count more and more i am mulling over former muses and choosing to deconstruct all that i decided they was I'm sorry, that was an appalling choice of words, but I've got a rhyme scheme to honour in the most half-assed way imaginable. I wanted to see if I was just kissing a collection of figments of my imagination, and as it all turns out, I I was, but, but what if I was happy? Just a little bit. What if I was happy with my head in the clouds and my love in the arms of someone who never really existed? I must insist that the loves that I loved never disappointed me. But they also never truly appeared before me because they were never truly here and my love is a lie and I never loved the blank canvases that I painted and projected affection on. I've been thinking a lot recently about um, how I actually feel about some people 
and I think sometimes I very much see things that are not actually there and I kind of create like a an alternate version of people in my head you know and it's very like we're very happy and you do all the things I want you to do and you love me and everything and everything's great when actually that's not really true do you know what I mean does that make sense (laughs) um I think there are definitely some people that I have wanted to believe that they were different to how they were I have excused things that they have done and said and ways that they've acted and I have sort of pretended it's not happening and it's like oh no no they wouldn't do that because they're my lovely person and I love them and they wouldn't do that to me you know and it's like you make excuses for someone for so long and you allow them to treat you badly for so long and you pretend all this shit in your head for so long that it's like there are two of them there's the real one who you pretty much just ignore and then there's the one that exists in your head the one that you constructed to essentially protect yourself from the fact that that you're unhappy and that this person the real them doesn't actually make you happy you don't actually like this person all that much because you can't do because if you like someone and if you love someone you don't have to create a fucking alternate mirror universe version of them inside of your imagination that is like actually nice to you and that you like spending time with and being with because you just like the regular version of them right um so so you have to create this other version of them to hold on to it because you don't want to let go you don't want to be alone I probably do that a lot (laughs) um and sometimes it makes it hard to to know if I if I ever actually loved some people because it's like did I love them or did I love this fucking made up fucking daydream that never actually existed that I have projected onto this person but they never were you know and it's it's hard to know (laughs) uh yeah I don't know I wrote a song about it though as well but now I don't know what I'm gonna do with it (laughs) trying to behave myself and not like go crazy and like write a whole other record when I've got another one coming out soon but We'll say. As it all turns out, to be in love or to be yourself is brave and stunning. No matter how much mum's net mocks you for it, 
you love and you live in a free and fearless state, knowing that time is an ever-changing thing and that you can go back and forth between being acceptable and unacceptable on the whims of the rest of the world with no control, but on you go. You go on because there's nothing else left to do. Cops don't come when death threats dance outside your door, so you dance with your lover under the lights of what little moonlight creeps through the kitchen window. You paint your face like a warrior to hide your wounds, and you love and you live in a free and fearless state because the door is closed and the world is full of cowards. The world is afraid of how beautiful you truly are, so they turn away and they stab wildly into the dark until they find blood, and the world drinks and drinks like your pain is a potion that will solve all of their problems. But still, you go on. You soldier on, you dance on, you live on, you love and you live through the trauma and the drama because there's nothing else left to do and you were born to be free and fearless. It was uh, International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia this week. But it really feels like it was weeks ago. I know that's ridiculous, but there we are. This is what I mean when I say that I feel like I have skipped time because I feel like that was forever ago, but I know it wasn't. It was like literally this week. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I kind of wrote that about, um, you know, kind of anti-LGBT stuff, um, which is a lot more prevalent in, in the press. Um, at the moment, here in the UK, the government is sort of umming and ahhing about whether it should ban conversion therapy, which is a bit mad considering they've been promising to do it for years now. They've been like, yeah, 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 we'll ban conversion therapy, we'll do it, calm down, gays. And then they don't. And, you know, so we, we sort of come around and we ask again and we say, hey, guys, have you considered doing this? And they're like, um, yeah, yeah, we'll get right onto that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just sort of dither around for a bit and then we come back and we say, hey, guys, do you fucking fancy banning conversion therapy like you fucking said you would? And they're like, I don't know why you're getting so uppity. We gave you gay marriage, but yes, we'll do it. And then they don't again and it's just like, wow bitch anyways um so because at the moment the government has again announced we're gonna ban conversion therapy again um so that's kind of um brought a lot of people forward who suddenly have lots of fucking thoughts on why we shouldn't ban conversion therapy and so that's going around a lot which is fucking horrible um you know there are lots of people who are like in support of conversion therapy which is I mean (laughs) wow um so yeah there are people who um are trying to essentially get this ban stopped um and in doing so you know a lot of their method is to basically um there tends to be kind of like two different methods people are using number one is acting like actually there are quite a lot of us that would like being you know tortured and sort of forced to try and abandon something that is intrinsic to us and not really changeable such as sexual orientation or 
gender identity um as it all turns out you are kind of born with those things and no amount of electric shock or aggressive prayer or fucking bullying and screaming and shouting and starvation is going to change that but some of these people are arguing that actually quite a lot of us want that (laughs) which i don't think we do if i'm honest um and then there are also some people who are essentially trying to you know kind of push this narrative of those rainbow bitches are scary so you've got to give us the right to torture them which i mean jesus christ it really seems um in the uk at least i can't speak for other countries i you know i can only speak for where i am but it does seem we go sort of two steps forward 57 steps back when it comes to um people's treatment of lgbt people you know um it really does feel like we are constantly having to fucking fight people um and i don't really get why because people can't fucking mind their business and fucking you know I, I don't know man I'm just fucking tired but anyway so I try to write something a bit you know positive you know we're not freaks we're not monsters we're actually quite lovely and beautiful um I love you guys even if the fucking hell island we live on is fucking horrible to us um we'll see how it is you know uh, when i'm like 50 and doing like series 487 of this show i'll probably still be showing up like well they still didn't ban fucking conversion therapy um <laughs> so that's great thank you to our eternal tory overlords um but hopefully that episode will be uh coming to you with me recording from like an independent scotland that i've escaped to or something or like a reunified island so i'll be free of the tories at least Sleeping safe, grandmother's blanket by the foot of the bed, crocheted squares crashed to the floor long ago because just like me there is fire in your veins and tornadoes tattooed inside of your skin so you could never stay in one place for too long. I tuck you back in, my throat is full of things that I want to say but my mind is full of guilt at the thought of waking you so I do what I always do, as my mother did before me. I stare with a smile at the greatest gift I was ever given, until my eyes are exhausted. I became pure when you became mine. I saw myself in a new light in your new, needy eyes. I accepted that I was necessary, that I was worthy, because you loved me, because you depended on me. You are sleeping safe 
inherited eyes are tightly closed and you are dreaming. I wonder where you go. And I wonder if you've seen the heights that I'm sure you'll reach. Just let me be part of the picture that your imagination paints. My mum likes to crochet blankets. Um, She's made me quite a few. She's made me some scarves as well. Uh, She always puts purple in because she knows it's my favorite color. Um, We stand a mum that knows her child. Yes, girl, yes. Anyways, um, so obviously I've been having lots of dreams lately about my son. For those who are just like joining us for the first time or haven't listened in a while and are just kind of catching up, when I say this, what I mean is this. I do not yet have children, okay? That has not happened for me yet. But I have these recurring dreams lately where I see this boy and he's my son. I know that because he tells me, okay? I think it's... I think it's the future and I'm seeing it now but it's nice because I get to see him and spend time with him and that's nice and I love that for me the other day actually I had a dream there was two of him right so in the in the first one like the first the first one of him he was he was little I think like five six years old maybe um And then he was also there as a teenager. And (laughs) I looked at him and I just, I couldn't stop looking at him. I was like, oh my God, look at you. You're so fucking tall, what the fuck? (laughs) And he he was all embarrassed and he went, oh, mum, mum, stop it. And I was like, but you're so, and I just, and you're also here as like a little baby. And I just, oh my god like I was it's very that I was like you know that SNL sketch where um (laughs) where they bring in Michael Che's stepmom um (laughs) but it's actually not Michael Che's stepmom it's Melissa McCarthy but like and she she's just like this adorable like cringy like mum and she's like oh I love you so much oh I'm wearing a t-shirt with your face on oh I'm so proud of you it was very that I was very that and my and he was all embarrassed because he's a teenager and he's trying to act cool and he's like oh my god mum you're so embarrassing but I love you oh my god mum stop you know very that um but also he's also there as like a little toddler and he's like and I'm just like, ah, I love this for me. But it was, it was really cool. Um, I don't know why they were both there together. To be honest, that was weird. I don't really understand what was happening. But, um, but when he was older, he had a scarf. His one I've got that my mum made me. Um, when he was younger, he had this blanket she made me around his shoulders. I just thought, oh my God, look at this. Look at us. Look at us. We love this for us. Um, I think it's just, you know, 
I don't know if maybe it's just because I've you know it's been all hard recently for me it's difficult and I guess like my spirit guides are like you need a little cheering up here's your children or your your child but like in two different phases of his life that will cheer you up because you're nosy and you like to see the future <laughs> you know and here's a reminder that this woman that you love he took care of you she's always gonna be there in some way um ah wow unexpected emotion coming in not this (laughs) um I think it's just been difficult you know I know things are getting better you know with the lockdown lifting here and everything but Um, I think now I'm sort of only really only really sort of um, allowing myself to realise how difficult it's been been a lot this last sort of year and a bit and um I felt very alone but I think that's why the blanket and the scarf were there you know it's like I needed to know that I wasn't I wasn't by myself and I won't I won't feel like this forever either because one day I will be that blanket and that scarf to somebody so I have to keep going you know I can't just I can't let sadness swallow me not again I got shit to do expenses because I feel like MPs are fucking taking the piss at this point. So it was reported over the weekend that Zara Sultana, who's a Labour MP, um, and honestly doesn't appear to have made much of a fucking difference, if I'm honest, spent over £800, no, hang on, almost £800, sorry, 
of taxpayers' money on an influencer toolkit, right? And what that basically meant was um, a ring light, so like a thing you use to help you take like photos and like it lights up your face and shit. Uh, microphones, um, cameras and stuff for her to create social media content. And she charged that to the taxpayer. She put that on expenses. Now, I want to make very fucking clear. MPs make a lot of fucking money in comparison to most people in the UK. Okay? The average person in the UK, I think, is making around 25 to 30,000 pounds a year. MPs make over double that just from their wages. That's not even factoring in what they're able to scam on fucking expenses. And this girl is like, oh, let me charge the taxpayer for this. No, girl. Absolutely fucking not. This If you want a fucking ring light, go buy it out of your own fucking money. You earn enough. You earn a fucking enough. Like... (laughs) Is... I mean, girl, it's fucking ridiculous. Also, she got fucking scammed because if you're paying that much for something like that, you've been fucking scammed, to be real. Um, it's just, I mean, Jesus. I really do feel that expenses for MPs should be limited to um, travel and accommodation costs for those outside of London. To be honest, those in London constituencies, they can just fucking commute from their fucking houses, okay? You don't need hotels and flats. You don't need people to pay for fucking, you know your tube fare to fucking Westminster from fucking, like, Lambeth. You can fucking walk, actually, if we're being real. Um, I'm talking, like, people that should get travel expenses are, like, people in, like, Wales or something that have got to commute to London. Like, that, fair enough. But if you're in, like, fucking... fucking Lewisham or something... Like, how much does it really cost you to get from, like, Lewisham to fucking Westminster? You know, you get to Charing Cross, you can just walk from there, darling. Don't take the piss. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so, travel and accommodation for those outside of London, I will allow. I think that's fair. Um, and staffing and office costs, I will allow. I think that's fair. Everything else, no. I don't want us to be paying for them to buy fucking computers, fucking personalised AirPods, fucking ring lights, fucking takeaways. Fuck off. Because regular people don't get to claim that shit on expenses and charge it to the fucking taxpayer. You spoiled little babies. If this girl wants a fucking ring light, she can go and buy it out of her own fucking money. Like, what the fuck? This girl has, like, a majority of something like 400. Is she trying to lose? 
is she trying to lose next time because i can promise you her constituents do not have this luxury okay they don't get to live like this they don't get to fucking put fucking ring lights and yoga classes on their expenses and make somebody else pay for it if they want things they have to pay for it out of their own fucking money and she earns more than enough to fucking do that so why isn't she it takes the fucking piss you know who else has been taking the piss boris fucking johnson again it's fucking flat nobody knows who paid for that apparently over £20,000 in takeaways in one year. And again, no one knows who fucking paid for that. It could be the taxpayer. It could be a donor. Like, who fucking knows? Um, it's a mystery. I, I just... I feel like members of parliament are absolutely taking the piss when it comes to money. It's like they feel that they can just fucking take and take and take whatever they fucking want and it is disgusting to me because most of us don't have that luxury most of us don't do you know what i mean and it's even more disgusting when you consider how much they earn just on a base level you know and we are told we are repeatedly told whenever anyone questions how much mps earn we are told that it has to be a high level so that it's accessible to everyone and it's not just accessible to the rich as a career and 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 all that however if that's true right then why isn't that money enough for them Obviously, like I said, things like office costs, staffing costs, transport and accommodation for those outside of London, I understand. They've got to claim that on expenses. That's fine. But why do you get MPs from all different parties? It's not just one or the other. It's not just one group of people doing this. It seems to be people from every party you can think of doing it, apart from probably the Greens, let's be real, because there's only one MP that they have. And Caroline Lucas seems like a stand-up kind of gal. Um taking the piss you know and yes it's not every mp and there are quite a lot of mps that are quite respectful with their expenses and they don't take the piss and that's fucking nice but what about the ones that are you know we're told there's not public money um to keep more libraries open we're told there's not more public money so that we can give healthcare staff you know nurses porters doctors admin staff in the nhs a pay rise But there is public money to fucking pay for a ring light for Zara Sultana or for a ton of fucking takeaways for fucking Boris Johnson or for AirPods for Angela Rayner and Matt Hancock. We can fucking pay for that, but we we can't pay to make sure schools are properly funded so they're not having to beg on fucking Facebook for school supplies. I just feel like we need to be restricting MPs' expenses a lot more than they have. That should have happened after the expenses scandal. But all that's happened is that their expenses eventually get made public. But nothing ever comes of that. Nobody has ever had to face real repercussions apart from occasionally having to pay something back. But there are still things where it's very clear that an MP is just taking and taking and taking things that they don't need the taxpayer to pay for. And in a lot of cases, they don't even end up having to pay it back. So there is no recourse for the people. They are t- they are stealing our money, essentially, and we can't fucking stop them. These 
these greedy people are like, oh, you know what? I fancy a little spending spree down at the Apple store. Guess who's going to pay for it? The mugs in the public. You know? Oh, I, I fancy a yoga class. Guess who's going to pay for it? Those mugs in the public. Oh, I want to go to a fancy restaurant and spend loads of money and get drunk. Guess who's going to pay for it? The mugs in the public. And we can't do anything about it. You know, we, we can't stop them from doing it. They're never held accountable. So what do we do? Who fucking knows? I don't know. Get angry about our podcast. That's what we do. (laughs) I'm so mad. Um... So there was a picture of Pretty Patel that went viral this week of her um, making an appearance at... Um, some kind of home office immigration related event now there is a lot of confusion as to whether this is a picture of her at an immigration raid whether it is a picture of her at a um at an arrest there was some reports that it was an arrest for um a people trafficking gang um either way she looked fucking thrilled to be there um she looked very very happy and she had this weird massive coat on um it's very that um i i i do feel that there should be a discussion about whether it is appropriate for the home secretary to essentially be using um immigration teams as a photo op because that is essentially what happened she showed up she had a picture taken um is that really appropriate no um obviously um for supporters of the government it looks great for her because it's like oh pretty patel she's tough on tough on crime tough on the causes of crime tough on immigration tough on not wearing big coats she she wears the big coat i i don't fucking know but she's there um she's doing that uh, uh, I, I don't feel it's really appropriate for her to be going and doing photo ops there if I'm honest I feel that there is a lot more she could be doing as Home Secretary um, to make her department actually fucking function um, and her wasting time going out and, and taking photos um, to me seems a bit of a fucking waste of time um but yeah, there was a lot of confusion as to what the, the purpose of, of that date was, you know, wh- why she was there, what was actually happening. But I think the most important thing to remember is that regardless of what it was for, it was inappropriate that she was there, really. Um, so that happened. She looked very evil, I have to say. Um, weddings, big weddings, big weddings are allowed back from June 21st. So uh if anybody wants to marry me hi the moment is now um i'm taking applications for my future wife at this moment what's up let's get married uh not this um what else happened um There's a lot of people that tried to bring Brexit into Eurovision and I just want to say to those people, the reason that we lost Eurovision is not because of Brexit, it's because our song was generic and boring. 
Um, it's really not about Brexit and the UK has got to stop blaming our misfortunes entirely on Brexit. Yes, there are some things that are Brexit related, but this one, definitely not. Um, oh, so this was a moment. Um, so there's a man called Michael Rosen who... I believe he wrote the book We're Going on a Bear Hunt which let me just double check make sure I'm right oh my god can't read suddenly I don't know oh my god this is such a long list oh my god I should have just googled it to be honest that's what I should have done, that's what I'm going to do now, yes, yes, he did write, we're going on a bear hunt, anyway, that's not even really the main point of the story, um, so he wrote the book, we're going on a bear hunt, um, which is a very popular children's book here in the UK, I assume it's also quite popular overseas, I don't know though, um, but it, it's a very good book, and I enjoyed it, my, my family would read it to me when I was a kid, um, so, uh there was a an image that went viral on on twitter um there was a picture of jeremy corbyn who was reading we're going on a bear hunt to children um and somebody had photoshopped it to change the books uh to change the book from we're going on a bear hunt to an anti-semitic book uh, to imply that Jeremy Corbyn was reading children anti-Semitic material. Um, and then Jeremy Corbyn tweeted, I'm saddened that someone has manipulated an image of Michael Rosen's brilliant book, Going on a Bear Hunt, one which has encouraged a love of reading in millions of children, to suggest that I would share this disgusting anti-Semitic falsehood, solidarity with bears everywhere. I've been thinking about the phrase solidarity with bears everywhere for a very long time this week. I, <laughs> um, but actually this whole thing has kind of kicked off in a, in a major way. Uh, the person that shared the original tweet, uh, with that image, um, is, uh, cause I, I when I saw that tweet, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Cause I, I, <laughs> I was like, what? Why is Jeremy Corbyn talking about this book? And why is he having solidarity with bears? What's going on? It's not Pride Month for a, for a couple more weeks, Jeremy. The bears do not need your support quite yet. Um, but then I looked it up and, and obviously this, this image had been created and had been shared um, on social media. Um, the person who shared the image is, is in a bit of um, bother. Um, uh, it's... Oh. I, I I often I often wonder you know with with sort of manipulated images you know it's it's quite a, a tricky thing um I I have actually now seen the the photoshopped image and I have to be honest it doesn't like it doesn't look convincing and I don't think anyone would look at that and think that Jeremy Corbyn had been reading that book to those children it did look very obviously quite fake 
which I think was maybe the point of, of the person. I think maybe they meant it in a satirical way. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I am not that person, so I don't know what their intentions were. But um, just the phrase solidarity with bears everywhere tickled me. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, the... Uh, week has been long and exhausting um, and I feel <laughs> I feel very tired um, Jacob Rees-Mogg uh, apparently intends the House of Commons to return to pre-COVID procedures on June 21st which means the removal of um, any provisions for members of parliament who are shielding or are clinically vulnerable. Uh, Kirsty Blackman from the uh, SNP uh, did a really great thread on this, talking about the consequences of that. Um, because it's not just uh, MPs that are disabled or clinically vulnerable um, that will be affected. Um, any MP that has to self-isolate will not be able to speak or vote in the interests of their constituents. They will not be able to put across their constituents' concerns and thoughts because there, there will be no provision for people that can't be there. Um, if someone has to self-isolate, if someone is clinically vulnerable and still has to shield for their own safety... You know, I'm sure that the thought of having to go back to a fucking crumbling old building um, where hundreds of people will be, um, probably more than that, actually, because I think there's around, I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but I think there's around 650-ish MPs, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm probably not, so don't write to me about it. Um, but on top of that, you've also got members of staff that work for all of those MPs. You've also then got uh, members of staff that work throughout the parliamentary estate. So people that work in the bars and the restaurants, people that um, that work to keep that crumbly mess from falling around, you know, people's heads. You know, um, it takes a lot of people, um, you know, it takes a village to keep that place running <laughs> and so you add in all the MPs all of their staff along with all the members of staff that uh keep everybody safe and secure and fed and watered and everything like that that's a lot of fucking people in a building that is probably not <laughs> really equipped for that in a pandemic and Jacob Rees-Mogg is like, fuck it, everyone come back because I respect tradition more than I respect your rights to a safe workplace during a pandemic. And I feel like that's really grim and selfish. Um, as Kirsty Blackman also points out, it is a difficult situation for democracy because you're going to have whole constituencies um, that at, at many points will not be represented because their MPs can't be there for health reasons, for self-isolation reasons, shielding. Um, the um, the track and trace system is going to go mad. <laughs> it's going to go absolutely mad, the poor app. Um, not every member of parliament will have had the opportunity to be vaccinated, um, even for like one dose of the vaccine. Um, so I don't really feel that it's fair um 
you know, obviously vaccine priority is given to health workers, people with underlying conditions, um, older people who are more vulnerable, um, you know, and actually in this thread, uh, somebody asked Kirsty Blackman, you know, why haven't the Scottish government vaccinated you? And she said quite rightly that she doesn't need to be prioritised because there are other people that need it more than her. Um, but the thing is, other workplaces around the UK are being asked and being told to um, to be mindful of what people's needs might be. Don't make people return to risky situations. Make sure people are returning to a safe environment and make sure they don't return until they do, until it is safe for people. And so I don't really understand why Westminster is not following that. Um, it is very, very frightening for me, if I'm honest, because my major worry is that there's going to be an outbreak um, and that people will get sick through no fault of their own. Um, what's especially concerning is that there are a lot of um, workers who who work across the parliamentary estate who may not be able to afford self-isolation that you know not everybody there is some rich mp there are going to be people that i mean not to say that you know i mean mps aren't millionaires i mean they can pay for their own ring lights and things but they're not you know fucking steve jobs or anything um is he still the apple guy maybe tim something god i don't know i (laughs) anyway but my point is you know there are people um who work you know in westminster who do not get enough money to be able to to just take time away and we don't know that they have those protections in place to make sure that they can we uh we don't know that they're going to be safe you know and so that is a big worry for me um hopefully everything will be fine i'm hoping for the best i don't want anyone to get sick but i'm also a realist and i worry so hopefully everything will be fine (laughs) but we'll see (laughs) on the next episode of hell island summer. I slept in satin every night as you stayed awake, standing guard over my body like it was our last goodbye. You were the first thing that I saw every morning as the sun poured through the window and you tucked that little unruly strand of your hair behind your ear. It's always the same one. I don't break our gaze, my hands finding their way blind to my notebook, always by my bedside because you were always on my mind and all of that had to go somewhere. So there I sat, staring and writing without taking my eyes from you, my hands dancing across the page, ink forming fantasies from little spots and lines about my divine angel and how I would never get used to how good waking up to her felt.
just want to be um, in love with somebody and very happy. That is my greatest dream. Will it come true? Summer is coming and I'm hopeful and I have ambition, romantic ambition, emotional ambition, and I feel like it could be fine, um, but we'll see. You bring the sunshine. I'll bring the good times. Just add your laughter. It's happy ever after. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. I think about that song every fucking day of my life. We stand a robbed queen. Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com. Or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much every social media website ever with the username, Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David, Elena, Alicia.